Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce my guest, I just want to make a couple of announcements. First of all, it is the holiday season and the perfect time to buy the naughty girl in your life some fun, nice girls reading naughty books logoed merchandise. We have mugs and T-shirts and tote bags, all kinds of fun stuff. So if you go on to BernadetteWalsh.com and click on the Merchandise tab, you can see all of the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books um, merchandise. It's really cool stuff, so check that out. Also, I have some very, very exciting news about my books. I just got the rights back to my Paranormal series, which I am renaming The Devlin Witch, and I'm going to release as a box set. And that will be available in about a week, which I'm very excited about. And then also I got the rights back to Gold Coast Wives. And that will also be available hopefully before Christmas. And I've gotten the covers done. I have a really, really sexy cover for The Devil and Witch. And all of those are on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So please check them out. So anyway, I am so excited to um, introduce my guest this evening, Avery Flynn. Avery is a romance writer, and she has released several books this year, which she's going to tell us about. Um, And One of them is named Betting the Billionaire, and another one, her most recent, is titled Hollywood on Tap. So I'm very, very excited to introduce Avery Flynn. Hi, Avery. How are you this evening? I am excellent. Thank you so much for having me over. Oh, well, I'm very, very happy that you could join me. And so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your writing journey. When did you first start writing professionally? Um, oh, wow. Professionally. Uh, let's see. I um, I actually am one of those weird people who published their first book. And um, so I started writing that in, I want to say, 2009, 2010, somewhere right around there. And mm-hmm. then it was published in 2011, I want to mm-hmm. say. And, um, yeah, 2011, right at the end. And sort of everything sort of run from there. I'm, uh, I, I, got a, uh, I got a typewriter when I was uh, probably in second grade from my dad, and I started off writing stories about my uh, stuffed animals. So um, I never really stopped. <laughs> okay. Um, so what, what type of writing do you do? I know it's romance, but what, do you have any particular genres that you contra- concentrate on? Do you write across genres? Um, I write across genres. I write contemporary romance. I write uh, romantic suspense, and I write a little bit of paranormal. Uh, mm-hmm. What all three sort of have in common is the fact that you know I've got, you know, it's a lot of snarky humor. It's smexy. It's uh, it's got you know heroes who are as good with a quip as they are with their equipment, and uh, heroines who know how to knock the bad guy off their butt. So. Um, you know, strong women, alpha men, and a lot of snarky fun. Well, so that's, that's what I tend to write. I I read everything, and um, I think the only genre I would probably never write is historical, simply because um, I like reading it too much. <laughs> <laughs> that I think I would get lost in the reading and not do any writing. 
Well, you know, and historical is tough, too, because it, it involves – you have to really do it right. You know what I mean? Like, I think it involves a lot of research and really, you know, writing in that tone as opposed to writing in, like, a more modern voice. So I enjoy reading uh, historicals as well, but I, it's not something I would ever attempt. And also, you know, I think the research is just too daunting for me because I – as a lawyer, I do a lot of research in my <laughs> real life. So this is supposed to be oh, geez, yeah. from all that. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's one genre I've never wanted to do. But it's interesting that you say you, you hop around genres, because I do as well. I've written a paranormal series. I write women's fiction. I've written um, a, a contemporary chick litty kind of book. And often the industry frowns on that, and they say you really should concentrate on building an audience in one particular genre. So what is your response to that? Why, why, have, you, why have you decided to hop around genres, and what have been some of the challenges in that? You know, because I think that whole philosophy is kind of full of hooey. <laughs> A little self-censorship there. Um, I think that, that readers find authors that they like, and they find voices that they like, and, and they find the type of characters that they like and that they identify with or that they like reading about. And I, especially with... It, it may be different in other overall umbrella genres, but I think in romance, um, you know, I think there's a lot of crossover for readership in romance. I have never met anybody who says, I only read this specific specific subgenre of romance. You'll always talk to people and they'll be like, oh yeah, I like her and I like her and I like that one and I like that series. They're not talking about the genre. So I think mm-hmm. it's what publishers are comfortable with because then it's easier to market you as opposed to what readers want. Mhm. Mhm. I agree with so. that. I agree with that. Um although and and you also see some some writers who have a very established brand who are kind of branching out. I I had I interviewed Kristen Higgins probably earlier in the year and she's I'm so been, sorry for that. She's such an evil woman. I know. She has my boyfriend in her basement. uh, No, she was was great. (laughs) But um, and she has a really inspiring story too. But what I find interesting is how she is evolving. Uh, She was straight romance, contemporary romance, small town romance, and she's now branching out into more of the women's fiction vein. And so, you know, that's a real risk in some ways because she has a very established name. And you kind of know when you pick up a Kristen Higgins book what you're going to get. So it's, right. I think it's very brave and very interesting that she is branching out. Now, she's not doing something totally bananas, right? Like she's not now all of a sudden writing about, you know, crazy vampires. It is still women's fiction and contemporary Although, romance. Although, could you kind of- imagine a Kristen Higgins vampire book? That would be hysterical. <laughs> there would be like a vampire dog in it. It would be awesome. Yeah. I need to tell her to write one right now. <laughs> But you know, when you but when you hop around like very drastically different genres, like as I have, and it sounds like you have as well. I you know I agree with you. I I part of the reason why I do it is and it's not really conscious, but I kind of write what's I'm kind of into at the moment. You know what I mean? And what the character kind of tells me to do in some sense. And so I don't always yeah. want to be constrained by you know, writing just one particular type. But that may have have hurt me a little bit in terms of establishing the Bernadette Walsh brand. I'm not sure that I have a specific brand at this point. But um, maybe you could talk about... I think about, it's interesting. Yeah, you know what? And this is always my response to that is 
I spend more time with my characters than anyone else, right? It takes me about a year to write a book, or at least a good part of a year to write a book. And so, you know, if I'm not in the mood to write a contemporary romance, I want to write a paranormal, even if paranormals are no longer the hot thing, I'm going to write a paranormal, you know, and it will either find an audience or it won't. So that's what I say Don't you find it to be a palate cleanser as well? You know, for me, you know, I write, going from something that's romantic suspense where there's danger, you know, lurking on every page, you know, to turn around and do a straight contemporary is always kind of like a (sighs) relaxing moment to be able to do that. And then sort of the same thing when I slip into paranormal, you know, it's really nice to be like, oh, my God, these people are stuck at the top of this beanstalk. How am I going to get them down? Oh, I'll give them a magic carpet. Boom, done. (laughs) So, you know, so it's it's nice for – people who I guess have sort of writer ADHD. Yeah. (laughs) No, and I also think sometimes the reason why I kind of have switched, you know, I I did my four-book paranormal series, and it was really addictive. And it's it's so great to, like, create a world in your first book, and then a lot of the work has been done for you. So it's the second and third. You're kind of of building on all the hard work that you did. But I got very comfortable there, and I actually said, okay, I finished the fourth one. I said, I am not going to write a fifth book until I write something completely different because I just was getting too comfortable. And I think as a writer, you have to almost force yourself to stretch and stretch yourself and get out of your comfort zone. And paranormal was becoming, for me, a comfort zone. So that's why I wrote my next book, Cold Spring, which was a totally different type of book. You know, it was very dark in some ways, contemporary women's fiction book and um dealt with some really kind of deep themes and it was but it was kind of hard too because as you said I, I was in the paranormal world and it's when you kind of paint yourself into a corner you can have a magic you know potion or whatever yeah. and so in the contemporary world you really have to like write yourself out of these corners in different ways you know what i mean you can't use the paranormal not as a crutch but as you know as something in your tool tool kit you know so, exactly, I, you know, it's like not your little I, belt of tricks. Yes, exactly, exactly. Now, maybe you could talk about your publication journey in the sense, you know, I don't know if you're self-published or you have a publisher or maybe you're a hybrid. Maybe you could talk about that. Sure, yeah. I am a hybrid author. I'm one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, started off with a small digital publisher, uh, and then I went with um, – I moved and uh, pitched a couple of books with Entangled and ended up selling to them. And Mm -hmm. I'm still writing for them, and I really enjoy writing for Entangled quite a bit. I I write for both their romantic suspense and their contemporary lines. And then um, I ended up working, and um, now I also do uh, indie publishing, and I've got my paranormal stuff tends to be indie published. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, all of the paranormal is indie published right now, and I got rights back on the first three books that I published, so those will be coming out again with fresh new pretty covers and uh, revised editions uh, next year, so that'll kind of add to my kitty of indie. Yeah, it's it's kind of, fun. like I said, I just got, um, I was published with Kensington, and I just got my rights back. And it's really fun to kind of take control because that four-book series I'm now putting together in one single, you know, kind of box set. And I oh, got isn't that fun? Sec- 
Yeah, it is fun. I don't I don't know if I'm going to have that like 3D cover, but it's it'll be it'll be one in four. But I got to have the kind of cover I really wanted, which I sexed it up because it is a sexy series, and I think that didn't come across before. So I've got naked people on the cover, and you know, a little bit of magic, and I'm, I'm really very, very excited. And from Gold Coast Wives, which is my chick lady kind of book, again, I felt like the prior cover didn't really portray it as it was. So now I just actually, before I got on the, the phone with you, I got the draft of the cover, and I absolutely adore it. So I can't wait to post that. So it is very exciting. Such, it really is very exciting. It really is. And I tell you, I do not envy the. Um, Publishing houses, marketing folks, because uh, I think it would be really hard. You know, you and I end up talking to the marketing folks because I come from a marketing background. So I'll talk to them at like RWA conferences and you know things like that. I'll always end up in a corner with some marketing people, and um, you know, talking about all the different clients that they have to work with and trying to do things that not only meet the book's requirements, but then the house's requirements, and then trying to work with the bookseller's requirements, just all of this nutty stuff. And I honestly, I think that's one of the nice things about Indie, too, is that I know that for the most part, all that's being considered is what this book needs. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of, it's nice to have that control, and it's also nice to be able to change that focus if you need to. Right. And so you can experiment, too. Like, if these covers don't work, well, I mean, it, all it is is money, right? If I want to have another cover, if I feel like it's not drawing enough attention to the book, then I get a new cover, right? And But when you're traditionally published, unfortunately, your cover is your cover. So that's, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, I hope to maybe at some point work with a publisher again in the future, but I haven't foreclosed that. But um, but it is very exciting. I think 2015 is going to be my year of being an indie. Now maybe you could talk about the heat level of your books. Or do do they vary as well? And which one of your books is maybe your hotter series? Um, I think <laughs> to me they're all very similar in heat level. Um, it's definitely all open door. I use the words. Um, the scenes are. They're they're graphic, but they're not, like, pornographic, I guess I would say, because I think, like, any hot romance, the sex is about the emotion, and the sex is about the the story that the characters aren't really ready to say out loud yet. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that, you know, that part of the relationship needs to be in a romance, and so I, I put those in all of mine. Um, I will say it's kind of nice because, you know, Again, the difference between indie and, and then working with a with a publisher, you know, I can do whatever I want, basically, um, with my indie books. But, you know, with the publisher, there are always guidelines, I guess you would say, in certain acts that they're like, hmm, or could you not use that word 58 times? You know, that type of thing. So um, sometimes you got to work around it a little bit. But all of my heat levels, I'd say, are, are pretty hot. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not quite too erotic uh, romance, but I think I'm I'm nudging right up there. Steamy, mm-hmm. very steamy. Well, that's good. And you started writing steamy stuff like right out the gate when you started writing, or did I you, did. Do you find you've gotten like hotter as you've done more books? You know what? I don't think I've gotten hotter. I think I've gotten better at the emotional end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, with the sex. 
So I, I think that is probably what has increased rather than the heat. It's the emotion behind the heat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, what, what, do your, what do your family and friends think about your writing, and, and do you tell everyone that you're a romance writer? Because some people, I mean, I write under pen names, so I don't have to tell people if I don't want. Um, and sometimes, you know, I don't know what you do if you, if you have a J job, but, you know, I work in a, a pretty staid place, so I don't tell everyone, oh, yeah, and by the way, when I leave here and go on the train to go home, I'm writing about, you know, sexy witches. So how do you handle that in your life? You know what, though? I think that I might want to tell that to people sometimes, (laughs) depending on how much they annoy me that day. Um, No, uh, my side of the family knows what I do. Um, My husband's family does not know. They're quite conservative. So they do not know. So that always creates sort of some interesting situations when they come visit, and I have to kind of clear out my office a little bit, clean some stuff up. Um, so it's sort of like a double life. Uh, but, no, I am, I'm I'm pretty open with what I do. I think it's really fun, and I, I like it. But, yeah, no, you definitely get the uh, the occasional stares and the, the up-and-down look, for sure, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. tell people what you do. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I mean, I've told a lot of people at work, but I work with a lot of men who are never going to look at my covers. Well, my covers weren't quite so sexy. I don't know if anyone, if any of them are going to go on my website soon. I, they might be a little shocked. But, yeah, no, that, I think that's, for me, it's a little it's a little easier to write under a pen name. So, But my family, most of my family and friends know about it. Now, you said you've only started writing in 2009. What made you want to start writing romance and pursuing publication as opposed to, as you said, writing for your stuffed animals? Um, <laughs> that Well, that would be awkward at 40, I think. People yeah. would stare <laughs> if I was still writing for my stuffed animals. Um, but um, I would, you know... I have always been a romance writer. I was one of those kids growing up who got the Harlequin box in the mail with the four books, and I went into the tub, and I didn't come out till I was done with the book. You know, um, and I have always read romance. It has always been, you know, a great escape. It's been a stress relief. It's It's been everything for me. Um, I, I, they're, they're kind of my go-tos. I read everything. I don't just read romance, but romance is my home. Romance is definitely my home. So um, I come from a writing background. I'm a former newspaper reporter. I I own a communications company. And, um, you know, so writing is a part of, has always been a part of my life since the stuffed animals. So Mm -hmm. when I kind of got to a point where I had some time, my husband was deployed, and so he was gone for a year. And I had a little baby and two older kids, and I basically didn't leave my house. So, (laughs) you know, child care and and all that stuff wasn't much of an option for me, and so I just started writing and, um, you know, just finally put the plunge in and and just to see if I could do it. You know, at first it was like everybody else. You know, at first it's, well, do I have an idea? And then it's, okay, okay well, can I write a chapter? Could I possibly write a whole chapter? And then you do that, and then you're like, okay, can I write three? And then you do that, <laughs> and you're like, okay, can I get all the way to the halfway point? And you do that until, you know, you build it up. That first book is 
the first book is almost a test, I think, of people. And it's not a test amongst other people. It's a test with yourself to see, you know, can I do it? And how long it takes you to do that varies by each person. So, um, you know, people who are out there and are listening and are, are writers, you know, you're a writer whether it's, you know, you're on that, can I finish chapter one stage? <laughs> or you're like Rebecca York and you've published 110 books. So right. I think right. I think everybody's a writer that sits down at that keyboard. Right, right. I mean, one thing I would tell people is your first book is very important and you'll learn a lot from your first book, but it doesn't necessarily, it, it's not necessarily the type of writer you'll become. At least that's been my experience because my first book was in some ways kind of autobiographical. I, I think my character in Gold Coast Wives was most like me. She was a 40-something lawyer living on Long Island. but and, and I put a lot of myself into that book, and I learned so much. I mean, just like you said, creating chapter after chapter after chapter until all of a sudden you have a book. That's incredible. I mean, you're creating something out of nothing. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's a great accomplishment. But I would caution writers not to focus, like you hear about people who are constantly rewriting that book or constantly focusing on selling that book. You know, I'd say put that book aside and write your next one because that's really going to show what type of writer you'll be. And in my experience, anyway, it was only after I had written my second book that I went back to my first one, saw all the things that I kind of, where I made mistakes or where I didn't go deep enough and I was able to kind of fix that in the second book. So for all the writers out yeah. there. Yeah, oh, it's a learning fine. process. Yeah, I think absolutely. I, you know, you still learn with every book that you write. Um, you know, and I think as a writer, you're always learning. I Okay, we right. talked about Kristen Higgins earlier. Um, first time I met Kristen, we were um, – she, I, I belong to the Washington Romance Writers chapter, and they have a retreat every year. And I'm at the retreat. I'm brand new. I know like 12 people maybe, you know, out of this huge group of people. There, The chapter has like all these massive writers, and it. it's totally intimidating as a newbie. Yeah. And Kristen Higgins is there, and she is, you know, one of the keynote speakers, and she's given a workshop and all this stuff. And she's super nice. And even for as much as I talk bad about Kristen, she really is super nice. Don't tell her I said so. And, um, you know, and I'm sitting in there, and I go to her workshop, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Kristen Higgins. And she talked to me. And then I'm in a workshop, like, a couple hours later, and I look over, and there's Kristen Higgins in the workshop, a craft workshop, a woman that's had how many bestsellers, Sitting in that craft workshop, taking notes, listening, nodding her head, saying that's a good idea. You know, and I think that's really a sign of a of a great writer is somebody who doesn't think, I know every trick there is, I know everything right. there is to everything, you know? Right, right. No, I, I, I met her at one of our, our speeches, as, um, on one of my local chapters, because I belong to the Long Island Romance Writers, and she was great, and and I think that's very true, that if you really want to be a successful writer, you have to always be learning, because there's so many ways that you can change, and you, you don't want to keep writing the same book, and I'm sure she's the same way, so no, yeah. I, th- I think that's that's very inspiring. And now, in terms of um, RWA, are you a very active member, and, and what role does RWA play in your writing life? 
Um, wow. Um, I'm a less active member than I was before. I just stopped being the uh, uh, president of Kiss of Death, um, which is the RWA's romantic suspense chapter. Yay, Kiss of Death people. They're awesome. They really are awesome. Um, but, yeah, so I just finished out my term with that. So um, I, I hope to be become more involved with um, another chapter. I belong to that one. I belong to the Washington Romance Writers. I belong to the Maryland Romance Writers. I belong to the Contemporary Romance Writers chapters. Um, I'm kind of that kind of girl. Um, I, I try and tell myself I'm not a joiner, but, oh, my God, I'm such a joiner. Um, <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> I am such a joiner. My name is Avery, um, and I'm a joiner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I get involved, and I volunteer, and, and I cannot do as much as I, I would like to, just simply. Mm-hmm. Life gets with, in the way. Yeah. Yes, I have three young kids, uh, you know, a day job, and I write a bazillion books a year. So it gets kind of crazy, but I volunteer whenever I can, and um, I think it's really important, and I I love that, and um, I I value my membership in RWA. I remember when I first filled out that application and wrote that big old check, and you know, mailed it off for my membership, and I walked away from that mailbox feeling like, hell yeah, I'm really doing it. This is me, mm-hmm. you know, and so. RWA has always been for me, um, you know, it's the organization for our group. We're a supportive group. Um, the, the RWA conferences I find exceedingly valuable. And, um, you know, I just, I love that group. So it, it really works for me. I don't always agree with them, but, you know, it's like family. Yeah. <laughs> you don't always agree with family, but you still yeah, and love you them. Know, there's, there's no group, especially a large group like that, that's going to meet everyone's needs. And, and it's like a political oh, no. party, right? You're not going to agree with every position. And that's okay. You know, for me, I kind of take the good and things that I don't like so much, I kind of ignore. But, I, you know, I'm kind of like you. I, I'd love to be more involved, but I've got the day job and family obligations. But I think especially in the early years, it was a real a real resource. And I'm looking forward to going to the New York, uh, the, the National Conference, which is in New York next year. So I hope, hopefully you'll be there. Maybe we could have a drink. But um, I am... I am planning on being there right now, so uh, unless something crazy happens, yes, I like a vodka gimlet. Let's meet at the bar. All right. There you go. There you go. Now, I found it very interesting that you said you had a marketing background. What do you do in terms of marketing your books, and how has that marketing background maybe given you a leg up on, on those of us like me who have no marketing background? Um... I don't know how much of a leg up it gives. I would say the 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 biggest leg up that having a marketing background gives you is the fact that I'm not afraid to try new things. And I think a lot of people who are comfortable with marketing are like that. You know, <laughs> um, we're good change embracers. So you know, you 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 go out, you try something new, and see if it works. And you know, you track your results and all that stuff. Um, but when it comes to marketing my books, um, I have an amazing street team. Hey, Flynn Bots, who um, quite frankly are amazing in helping me spread the word uh, about the books. They're great about leaving reviews, which is huge, um, you know, and they're really good. Um, and then I, I firmly believe in reaching out to readers, no matter the platform. So whether it's 
specific social media platforms or whether it's bloggers or whether it's advertising or whether it's reviews. I think all of that needs to be in your mix somewhere. So I try and hit a little bit of everything with marketing, but I definitely put together a plan and I'm I'm a plotter if you couldn't guess. So I you know, I put together a plan and, and try and work that plan as, as best I could can within the parameters. So um I don't know if there's any advantage in marketing a book unless you know a bunch of virgins that you can sacrifice under the full moon to guarantee a bestseller. But <laughs> well, I do whatever you, I can possibly think of that might work. <laughs> yeah, you're not afraid of it, and and you yeah. at least realized how important marketing is. And I think some mm-hmm. writers, and I probably fall into this bucket, were kind of in denial about marketing. Like, I know I'm supposed to be doing things. And I guess in some ways this, this radio show is a marketing tool, but oh, in yeah. other ways it's something I love to do. But um, at least you're aware that you have to do marketing. So that's probably, you know, you're halfway there. Um, you know, I know that you said that you had a lot of releases this year. Maybe you could just give us a quick update on what you have coming out, what's, what's come out recently, and what you have on the pipeline. And then if you could maybe uh, tell us where we could find you online. Sure. Um, I had a bunch of books come out this year. Uh, the first two books in my Sweet Salvation Brewery series came out. The first one is Enemies on Tap. The second one is Hollywood on Tap, and those are both uh, contemporary romances. This will shock you. It's set in a brewery, and um, it's really fun. It gave me a great excuse to, um, quote-unquote, research a lot of beer. (laughs) And (laughs) that's a a contemporary romance series that I've got. Um, The third book in that series centers around a set of triplet sisters, and um, the third book in that series is going to be out next year, and that's called Trouble on Tap. And that will be out in early summer. And, um, oh, that one is so much fun. I love that one. It is the uh, youngest troublesome, most most troublesome uh, youngest sister in the triplets. And then I have a fashion-based romantic suspense series, uh, the Killer Style um series and the first two books in that high-heeled wonder and this year's black came out this year Mm -hmm. and then the third book in that series which is called make me up will be out in february and that is really fun the i think it's so much fun to mix the craziness of romantic suspense with the high drama of the fashion world and it is just it's the most fun series to write i just absolutely adore it and um i'm really lucky that readers have liked it a lot too uh entangled went and picked up three more books in that series so um by the end of 2016 2017 somewhere around there there will be six Mm -hmm. killer style books so um that's really fun and exciting and yeah, then, um, yeah, I've got. I'm going to be part of a Irish theme novella that comes out, a novella anthology that comes out in March. And um, good lord, another contemporary series uh, that's based in Wyoming, um, but my version of cowboys, um, which is a little different than regular cowboys. I think um, I, I was joking the other day. I was calling them corporate cowboys. 
So <laughs> that's what my guys are like. They're corporate cowboys out in Wyoming. And uh, that will be coming out from Entangled Indulgence uh, towards the end of next year, I want to say, in the fall. Mm-hmm. First book will be out in the fall. So that's that'll be really fun as well. Wow. And so uh, anybody who wants to – Very busy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have kind of a workaholic problem thing. Um, and I am working on a super secret project right now I can't say anything about yet because I haven't signed the contract. Uh, but that will be coming out at the beginning of the year as well in January. And um, that I'm really pumped about. So if you want to follow me and find out more about that when it comes out, uh, you can follow me on my website, which is AveryFlynn.com. I'm on Twitter all the time. And uh, that's my handle is just Avery Flynn. And I will always share some WTF news that I find. I've somehow managed to find the weirdest, grossest, most Florida news items you could ever possibly find. And uh, I'm also on Facebook and Pinterest and all that good stuff. And if you are a fan of the um, eye candy, Robin Covington and Kimberly Kincaid and I do a Friday Man Wars every Friday, obviously, on Facebook. And what it is, it's basically we pick a theme, and then we just post really hot guys that have to do with that theme all day on Friday and try and outdo each other. I win every week. They cry, (laughs) but it's true. So everyone is welcome to come play along and and post your your guys. We encourage all comers. Well, that sounds great. Well, maybe you'll have to post some on the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page, and I hope that you have liked that. And also, please keep me up to date on all your releases because um, people like to find out what my guests have been up to. So it sounds like you'll have a lot to tell me. So please, like I said, please like that. And please keep in touch. Avery, this has been so fun. And I hope that we can meet in person maybe at the conference this summer. So, Oh, that would be great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, thanks so much for joining. And it's been a pleasure to hear about your writing journey. So thanks again. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so again, this is the last interview of 2014. I'm taking a little bit of a break, and I will be back in January with my guest Carly Phillips, and I'm also working on getting a fun roster for 2015. But um, we've had, I've, I think this is my 65th interview over the last two years, so I've had a lot of really great um, guests. So if you're going through Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books withdrawal, you can certainly check the archives for some of my prior guests. And I think that will keep you, um, that will tide you over the Christmas holiday until I come back in January. Again, my books, I have two books coming out um, that I'm re-releasing, Gold Coast Wives and The Devil and Witch. And you can see excerpts and covers of those books on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. In the meantime, and like I said, I'm hoping that those will come out before Christmas. In the meantime, I have my other two books, The Girls on Rose Hill, which have gotten some really nice reviews, and I'm keeping at the bargain price of 99 cents for the rest of the month. That is available, as well as my latest release, Cold Spring, which is um, available. And again, all my covers and excerpts from all my books are available on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season, and I will see you in 2015. This is Bernadette Walsh from Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. Bye-bye.